0: Lord God, we thank you so much this morning, Lord. We thank you for what you've already done in our hearts. Lord, we thank you. We, we thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you for your promise, Lord. You said we're two or more gathered in your name. You're in the midst. And Lord, we know that you are here. We know that you are working. Hallelujah. And you, and we know that, that you're doing a work in each and individual life this morning, and we just cooperate with that work and say, continue that work, Lord. We say yes and amen to that work, Lord. Have your complete and perfect work in our lives this morning, Lord. So we just bless your name, Lord, and say amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Charlie, that was a good word this morning, man. I, uh, it, it really, it really spoke to me and, and I'm going to be, I feel like it is in line, uh, to a certain degree with what the Lord has on my heart this morning. And I just want to encourage you with the word, uh, this morning that, uh, your destination, your destiny in the Lord is sure. It is certain in him. I feel like we need to be encouraged that way this morning. If you're like me, there's been times in your lives where uh, and I maybe I'm getting a little bit I hate when I get ahead of my notes. I just have to go. I just have to go. I just have to go. But I just feel like that there are that there are those who are not quite sure what your purpose is in the Lord. There are those who are not quite sure whether or not you have royally messed up God's plan for your life. And that may be in some way contributing to complacency in your life because there's no excitement. You feel like what God had for you, you made the wrong turn and now what used to be isn't anymore. Can anybody relate to that? And God wants to tell you that his calling on your life is sure. Your destination in him is certain. In him. Romans 828 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. It didn't say that all things was good. It didn't say that all things felt good. It didn't say that all those things would be something that you would want to go through. Sometimes you go through those things due to decisions of your own, poor decisions of your own. Sometimes, though, you're caught in the wash from someone else's actions. It is so encouraging to know that it doesn't matter if I'm the cause or you're the cause or the enemy is the cause, that God is in control and it's all going to work out somehow, some way for my good. And I want to encourage you that way this morning. Your destination in the Lord is sure. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in a land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob the heirs with him of the same promise for he waited for the city which which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. There was Hebrews eleven eight through ten. Uh, Romans four twenty says he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, in faith, giving glory to God. God told Abraham, said, Hey, uh, Abram, just to be totally correct, I want you to leave your family leave all that you know leave your comfort zone and I want you to head I'm not going to tell you a specific location I'm just going to tell you to go that way can you imagine how you would respond if God said I want you to I want you to uproot yourself I want you to leave everyone that you love everything that you hold dear everything that you know and I just want you to go go where Lord just go I will tell you when you get there. Now, that's a faith walk. But Abraham didn't even blink. He said he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. So, he knew that in God, although he did not know the specific destination, that his destination was sure. His destination was rooted in the promise. And although he didn't have all the answers, he knew him who promised is faithful. And he rested in that. And it helped him move in faith. You know, I'll probably reference this guy as much if not more than any other God, but I just want to go through some examples in scripture and so forth. Now, Abraham, before I go to the next guy, Abraham wasn't perfect. He didn't reach his destination because he didn't make any mistakes. Sometimes I think we gloss over that stuff. What am I doing? You know, Abraham, the father of the faith, was given a promise that through his son, he'd be the father of many nations. And after waiting for decades, he finally came up with what God must have meant when he said that. Well, my wife can't have children. Well, she's got a servant girl. Maybe God meant that my promised son would come through the servant girl. I'm saying, just bear with me, I'm saying these things to let you know that you may make a wrong turn here or there, but that does not mean that the destination is not still there. God told him, no, Ishmael's not going to be the one. You're going to have a child that will be yours and Sarah's. Yours and Sarai's." And he had that child. He had to send the other child away. He had to separate himself. From his previous choice, or his previous decision—I'm sorry, his mistake—and he had to move forward in the way of the Lord. Amen. There was one time he tried to pass his uh, wife off as his sister. He's on the walk. He's on the journey. He feared for his life. Hey, if they know you're my wife, they might try to kill me to get you. So. They wouldn't do that if they think you're my sister. So, here's how we're going to play this. You're my sister, all right? You're pretty hot. They're going to be checking you out. And they're going to come to me about you. That, You know what? I I can't even... (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I'll just let that percolate in your own minds and so forth. But, you know, it's amazing what we can come through what we can come up with when the pressure is on. It's amazing what can make sense in the moment. You look back on it, you're like, what in the world was I thinking? It made sense at the time. I'm sure it made sense to him at the time. What sense? I got nothing for you. But he wasn't perfect. But he trusted in his God. Sometimes he wavered. He repented and he got back on course with God. So it wasn't perfection. It was, a, it was relationship and trust in his God. That guy I was talking about, I probably mentioned as much as any other Old Testament, Joseph. Boy, if God would have gave him the whole vision early on, I'm not. I'm just going to make reference to these uh, uh, passages. But in, in Genesis 37, first 12 verses, Joseph has a dream. Two of them, dreams of greatness. How many even you know? It's no problem. It's not a problem dreaming of greatness. There's no problem dreaming for excellence, wanting to be the best. Okay. Wanting to excel. That's fine. So, but he has these dreams of greatness that didn't sit too well with his brothers. But from the moment that he got that dream of greatness, those dreams of greatness, here's what happened to him. Later in chapter 37, he was sold into slavery by his brothers. Remember the dreams greatness. You're going to be elevated. Even your brothers and your family, they're going to bow down to you. You will be exalted, brother. And the very next thing that happens to him is he becomes a slave. Sold into slavery by his own flesh and blood. As if that wasn't bad enough. Dreams of greatness. He gets falsely imprisoned for attempted rape, falsely accused by his master Potiphar. So he goes from slavery to wearing orange. He's a prisoner. Now mind you, this gentleman hasn't done anything to deserve what's happened to him and he's got to be wondering, Lord, I could be wrong, but this does not look like the path to greatness. He's imprisoned, but while there he interprets prisoners' dreams which opened the doorway to interpret Pharaoh's dream and after that came his rise to greatness. Now it's not the path I would have chosen not the path you would have chosen for yourself but it was the path that he had to travel now I'm not going to get into whether God wanted him to go that path because he was arrogant he was showing off his coat of many colors and, and all that uh, to me I get a little squirrely with that a little bit I'm not saying there's nothing to that, but I feel like his father needs to own the fact that he showed preferential treatment for his kids. He has to own that. I feel like his brothers have to own their own actions, regardless of what he may have done. He may have been prideful. He may have been arrogant and so forth and so on, but that does not justify their actions. They have to own that. Okay, And, and, and there's, so there's many paths that he could have taken to get to that exalted position. Why he had to go that route, I'm not entirely sure. But I I think it's probably a little more complicated than just he needed to be humbled. Okay? And at the conclusion of all that, Genesis 45 verses 7 and 8, I I, I, I just love how things come full circle for him. After having gone through all that and after the actions of his brother having set all those things in motion, he's able to forgive his brothers and he's able to, as they come repentant to him, he's able to say, and God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. That destination that God gave him in a dream was sure. Amen. It was certain. It may not have looked that way as a slave, but it was certain. It may not have looked that way in the prison, but it was certain. It may not look that way in your current situation, but it's certain. The things that have been spoken over your life are certain. The promises of God to you are certain. They are sure. Do not let the... S- Let your situation lie to you. Let God be true. And everyone and everything else a liar. Amen? All right now. Amen? All right. I I, I, I thought I was talking to people who knew. Now, (laughs) here's another guy that I love and I'm not going to have you turn there but I love Peter I'm going to swing over to the New Testament Peter gives me hope he always gave me hope when I was a knucklehead uh, messed up Christian that needed a lot of work Having Peter in the Bible, making all kinds of mistakes and screwing up and denying the Lord and all that stuff, you know, really, you know, really, really helped me come to the conclusion that, you know what? I may not be a lost cause after all. My faith, you know, my doctrine may not have been in a good place as far as I was concerned. I was going up every Sunday getting saved again. Just about you know, I was really in a works mindset. I was really kind of messed up. The Lord had a lot of things that he was doing in my life, and I didn't know it until that later that what was happening was really conviction. The Lord was drawing me closer to him, and as I was getting closer to him, okay, the sins in my life were being more and more revealed to me, and and things that I used to think weren't that significant all of a sudden became this huge deal and I didn't know how to handle that and so I'm looking at this wondering man did did, did my salvation take I mean I, I, am I really saved I mean I, I'm not too sure about this I better go back up and just make sure I'm I'm just being you know honest with you that's where I was you know and it you know God did God did something through that process as he began to uh, transform me away from that works mentality to, to, to his love and his grace and his mercy and him receiving me, uh, as I was and doing a work in me to conform me into more into Christ. Amen. So as messed up as I was, he loved me. He, he loved me no less. You know, he, he still loved me and, uh, he had a plan and a purpose, and a destination for my life, even back then. I didn't see it then, okay? But I stuck with him. I trusted him. And eventually, he he revealed to me, no, no, son, your your destination is not football. Your destination is, is, is preaching my word. Your destination is to minister the gospel, all right? I didn't want to hear that at the time. You know, uh, if he, if he had told me that d- when I was messed up like that, uh, he knew I wasn't able to handle that. All right. He revealed that to me years later. All right. After he had done many things in my life and, and, and called me out of, uh, a, a lot of lifestyle choices that, uh, uh, that, that were working against my, my soul. But Peter, Peter, I I, I love it because he wasn't afraid. He would take chances. He would take risks. Sometimes he would just speak before he thought. And he'd have to get rebuked and so forth and so on. But he did this egregious thing that he never thought he would do. He, the one who said that he would die for the Lord, denied him. And he can't get much worse than that. All right? He denied him not once, not twice, but three times. And the third time, if I read the Bible correctly, he used language that was NSFW to emphasize his point to save his neck I do not know him if you can just picture after the denial of the Lord Jesus goes to the cross. Try to put yourself in Peter's shoes and see if you can't imagine what it must have felt like to be him. What it must have felt like to look in the mirror. What it must have felt like, you know, the image of yourself, what it must have looked like to him. If anybody was inclined to, to feel like they messed up to the point that the purpose for God in their lives, the destination that God had for them is over and done, it would have been Peter. And yet, the very Lord he denied came to him, forgave him. All right? Picked him up. Strengthened him. and reaffirmed his call on his life. He asked him what I believe to be rhetorical question. He's like, do you love me? And I believe Jesus knew full well that he loved him, but there was a purpose behind the questioning. And I mean I just I won't get into all of it, but he just said, "Feed my sheep, feed my lambs, hey, here's what you're going to do. that destination that I told you about is still certain you're still going to fulfill your purpose in me, and he even you know prophesied to him how how it was all going to end for him, you know, but he just laid it all out to him, and you know what? That just, that just transformed Peter. I think it did something in here, in his heart. It did something in him that steeled him. That I believe after that experience, there was nothing you could do to shake Peter's confidence in his relationship with the Lord. There was nothing you could do, okay, to shake his faith in Jesus. There was nothing you could do that could make him think that God did not love him flaws in all. Amen? There was nothing that you could do to make him think that God could not use him, that he could not be a vessel of honor, fit for the master's use. Nothing. And I believe the Lord wants to to encourage you all, whoever this message is meant for, he wants to encourage you that way today. Maybe in some way, you've denied him. You know, maybe you felt that unction, you felt him leading you to, to to go a certain route and through fear and doubt and whatever else, you decided that's not the path for me. And you disobeyed him and you made a left turn when he wanted you to make a right. And you look back on that moment with regret and doubt and you and, and you tell yourself, you think to yourself, I missed it there. I, I, I don't think that's ever going to come back around to me. I I, I don't know if, if I can make it to that destination now. Uh, I, I missed my shot. Lord wants you to know no you haven't. Children of Israel on the cusp of receiving the promised land sent guys in to give a report on the land they brought a bad report back and the people had decided we're going to go back to the bondage God delivered us from because apparently God brought us here to put us into that land so that people could wipe us out kill us take our women and babies and even their destination was sure now, not all of them got to make it. They had to spend forty years in the wilderness. Uh, I still got nineteen minutes and fifty seconds, so I'm a. They still spent forty years in the wilderness. And here's what I believe happened in that wilderness. In that wilderness, the generation that grew up knowing nothing but slavery and bondage, that grew up knowing nothing but the provision of Pharaoh and the the hard taskmasters, that generation was the generation resisting the direction of the Lord. As bad as it used to be in Egypt, it was familiar. And there was a certain level of comfort in the familiarity. As God was leading them, okay, God's providing for them. God's blessing them. God brought them out of the bondage. They were crying and screaming for him to bring them out of. But the way he was leading them was not familiar. Therefore, it was very uncomfortable. At least in Egypt, they knew when they were going to eat. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. They knew when their day started, they knew when their day ended. There was some predictability there. They didn't know what God would do. And when they got hungry, are, are we going to be able to eat? Is he going to provide force? Did he bring us out here to starve us to death? When they were thirsty, where is the water going to come from? I don't see a water source. Are we going are, are to die of thirst? So he took them from the familiar into the unfamiliar and just said, trust me. And that generation who grew up in Egypt, the resistant generation, okay, that generation had to die in the wilderness. And the ones that remained knew nothing but trusting and walking with the Lord. Now, the Bible says that that's an, that's, that's an example for us today who walk with the Lord. All right. So there are times when there are things in our lives that are resistant to the direction and guidance of the Lord. There's attitudes. There's mindsets. There's desires. There are sins. There are wastes. There are things that are resisting God's will for your life. Don't think God won't put you in a wilderness experience for it to die. Not so that he can condemn you, but so that you can move forward toward the promise. Okay? Because if it remains, you cannot go forward and you cannot inherit what God has for you. So if we let it happen, if we cooperate with it and let it die, let those things that are contrary to where God wants to take us die, then we can move into the promise. Amen? So your destination in the Lord is sure. It has not changed. You may have made a couple wrong turns and you're not exactly sure where you're at, but the destination remains. You just need to regain your bearings so you can get back on course. When I'm driving to an unfamiliar location, I like to enter the destination into my GPS. The GPS calculates the best route to that destination. I click go. And the GPS gives me turn-by-turn directions to my destination. All I have to do is follow the instructions. But sometimes, while in route, I miss my turn. And you know what my GPS says to me then? Say it. Recalculating. Alright. Now my destination is still sure. Alright. But the route to that destination has changed a little bit. Alright. When my GPS says that, it simply means that I've deviated from the program route and that it is calculating a new route to my destination. It's the same destination. The only thing that's changed is my positioning. It might take me a little longer to get there, but the destination remains. And I will still reach it if I follow the guidance of my GPS. All right? I believe the same is true about discovering your purpose in the Lord. About your destiny, your destination in the Lord. The destination may not the the destination may be a bit unfamiliar, just like it was with the children of Israel. But it is sure. It is yes and amen in the Lord. You don't know how to get there on your own, but that's okay. You've got GPS, God's positioning system, available to you. Your destiny is sure. It is yes and amen in the Lord. You just need to trust him and accept his guidance. Isn't it amazing, man? I put on my GPS program, the directions in, don't have to give a care in the world about where I'm going. Kind of dangerous, you know, someone <laughs> be honest with you, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't be able to tell you how to get there <laughs> without it, without it. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. All right? Even if you get knocked off course, God will be like, oh, recalculating. It's like Mayhem in that commercial, that Allstate commercial, you know, recalculate. Without the mayhem. Recalculating. Alright. So you may have missed it. Recalculating. You may be suffering because of the, the, uh, the choices and decisions of others. God's recalculating. Don't ever doubt for a minute that that destination in him It's certain. Psalm 32 verse 8, God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. He will guide you. And We started off with Romans 8 28, all things will work together for your good. Now, I'll have to say that path that God puts you on you know the children of Israel there was a there was a shorter probably less perilous path that God could have taken them on but he took them on the path that he took them on according to his will and his purposes so the route that God takes you on, don't question it. There may be a, um, a, there may be a turnpike path that'll get you there faster, the roads are nice and smooth and he may take you on the path filled with potholes and unpaved roads. And if he does, just go with it, roll with it. Know that there is a greater purpose. Know that there is a reason that he took you on that path. And just trust him. That he doesn't mean your harm. He still means for your good. He's still, the destination is still certain, but there is something that he's wanting to accomplish in you along the journey. Y'all, does that make sense? And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. If you love God, you are called according to his purpose. All things will work together for your good. We know this. Relax. Relax. Just relax. Put your destination in the faithful hands of the Lord. And I just want to say that there is a freedom in that. You know, I remember the days when we used to have the Atlas. <laughs> you know, we're plotting, you know, you, you had to look at the legend to see how an inch means how many miles. And you had to calculate all these roads and, and, and you were, it felt like you were winging it. You had all of these graphics. You had this, you know, you had the maps and you just felt like you were winging it. And there was a, always a certain level of stress there, at least for me. praise god that i can just put a gps in there and just go where it tells me to go now you know i i i i wouldn't care if i never saw another atlas in my life i'll take it if it's the only thing i had but but there's a freedom in that when you are free of anxiety over your purpose and destiny then you can appreciate the journey. You can appreciate the journey and how God may use it to further the work that he's doing in you. Does that make sense? You've heard it said, people talk about, man, I made a mistake. I paid to God for patience. And then, all day, it seems like your patience is tested. And sometimes we lament that, you know, we're like, man, I shouldn't have prayed for patience. No, 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 no. You pray for that patience. All right. You prayed for it. God is showing you just how much you need it. And how can you get patience? How can you grow in patience? Lest your patience be tested. It's not a comfortable process, but it is a beneficial one. It is a necessary one because that's one of the fruit of the spirit. You know, we should want those things and we should be willing to go through whatever we need to go through in order to get that. Amen. Let the carnal stuff die. Lord, give me all the fruit. I love fruit. Give me the fruit of the spirit. Give me everything. Change my character. I want to reflect the character of Christ in everything that I do. And I'm willing to go through the bumpy roads. I'm willing to travel the bumpy roads. I'm willing to travel across the potholes. I'm I'm willing to travel on the uneven paved roads. I'm willing to go even on the dirt roads and so forth. I'm willing to go off-road if need be. If that's what's needed, if that's the journey I must take in order for you to complete that work in me. Amen? Amen? see then you can rejoice no matter the road conditions regardless of the route that you're having to take you know One thing, one small thing before I start to wrap it up here. I heard, uh, how many of you know Chris Vallotton? I heard him say once um, a message, a podcast that I was um, listening to, and it was actually, it was on purpose and destiny and so forth. And he said that, um, I wrote it word for word. It says, God, will guide you into your destiny or into your purpose as as you are faithfully carrying out your responsibilities. In other words, just be faithful where you're at. I remember he said, be faithful where you're at and God will find you. You know? He still has that purpose for you. He'll find you where you're at. You don't have to go chasing your purpose, all right? You don't have to go chasing that destiny. Uh, you know Saul, when when the Lord called him to be a king, he was just faithfully obeying his dad. As a matter of fact, he was on a donkey search. The donkeys were lost, had gotten away. His dad sent him to go find them. And uh, they looked all day in a bunch of different places and had not found them. And at one point, Saul said, hey, if we don't get back soon, dad's going to be worried that something happened to us. And his servant was like, hey, man, OK, I hear you. But right over here in this nearby town, there is a prophet. There's a seer. You know, let's go. Let's go see if he can give us some guidance and so forth. They went there and it just so happened to be Samuel, who God had given a word to tell him that he was going to make him king. He was just carrying out his business. And in the course of doing that, God spoke to him. Amen? Uh, King David, shepherd boy, humble, faithful, wholehearted, showing a willingness to lay down his life and slaying the lion and the bear. He was not pursuing the throne. He was not pursuing greatness. He was just being faithful. Obediently carrying out his responsibilities where he was at. Amen? Hey, he was obeying his father when his father sent him to the battlefield, sent him to go bring food for his brothers. When he heard this loudmouth giant and asked if somebody was going to do something about it and when no one stepped up he said I'll do it why am I why am I saying this I just feel like you just need to be encouraged sometimes the things that we look at as mundane the things that we look at as you know the things that we look at um negatively as this is not real ministry this is not this is not um, a, a real kingdom work this is not what i see myself doing and so because of that we don't really see the value in being faithful in that thing that we're doing right now you know it may be a small thing but don't despise don't despise it. They are small things you know someone may there may be a need in here um ushers there may be uh a need for people to uh, welcome, welcomers at the door. Hey, if you're a good people person, got a nice personality, people tend to respond to you, guess what? Volunteer and say, sign me up and be faithful to that. If you love kids, hey, Children's Church, got a spot or 10 or 12 for you. I mean, there's many places that you can serve, and trust me, if you just seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and just remain faithful in that which you're needed, before you know it, your purpose will find you. Amen? Before you know it, you've reached your destination just by walking with the Lord and being faithful. Amen? So, uh, the shepherds that were tending their flocks, out of all the people that the angels could have announced the birth of the Lord to, went out to faithful shepherds tending their flocks. No Pharisees, Sadducees, kings, governors, faithful shepherds. So I would just, if if you're fretting, worried, questioning about your destination in the Lord, I, I would just encourage you just to humble yourself before God and just focus your attention on just seeking him and being faithful to him. and just trust, just know in your heart and trust that he is faithful. He desires for you to make it to your destination. He's the one that gave you the destination. He's the one that created you for a certain, you know, created you to to do a certain work and he wants you to fulfill that work. So, he'll be faithful. But the journey is just as important, if not more important, than the destination. He doesn't just want you to reach the destination, okay? He wants you He doesn't just want you to reach the destination. He wants to do a work in you so that he wants to prepare you for to excel in the destination. Amen? Allow yourself to be prepared in the journey. Be faithful where you're at. Do not necessarily pursue ministry, but pursue the Lord your God. It's okay to want to be great, but instead of seeking greatness, seek the kingdom. Amen. And I just what I that's what the Lord gave me to encourage you with today. And and Lisa, if it's okay, we can ask the ministry team to come up and you know, maybe there's someone who this word spoke to today and and uh, I want to ask everyone to stand, please. Lord, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for encouraging us, Lord, letting us know, Father God, that that um, our destination in you is still sure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That though we may have veered off course, that you're recalculating us and that you will get us to that destination, Lord, in due season. And so we just we, we just thank you that you're faithful that way and that you love us and and, and, and and that you are our guide. And so Lord, I just want I just ask you to really bless the people today, Lord, and and bring a conviction, Father God, that will lead to a response. Your word of truth has been shared today and your truth demands a response.